a message today. I was listening to a little, oh. a little bit of it. <laughs> <laughs> he said, shake somebody or shake yourself. Uh-huh. <laughs>
about this current year oh, and everything that's in tell. I mean, we had, I had, we do goals at the end of the year. <laughs> like a lot of them are washed, you know, you got to adjust, but um, no one could have predicted everything that was going on today. At Go all. On. Whatsoever. <laughs> I um, often, I, I told one of my friends this a few days ago, but like what we thought 2012 was supposed to be <laughs> is what 2020 is like turning out to be. <laughs> like, you know, like they made the movie in 2012, yeah, yeah, yeah. all this crazy stuff happening in it or whatever. Everybody was just like, the world is going in, the Mayan calendar is like, you know, all this other yeah, kind of yeah. stuff or whatever. What 2012 was supposed to be <laughs> is what 2020 is like turning out to be. You got Bro. coronavirus, murder hornets, the death of <laughs> Like, it's just so many different Locus. things happening. Locusts. Like, it's just like, are we in biblical days? Like, what, <laughs> what is what is going on? We got all the types of plagues and right? not going on. I was just like, this is crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, 2020 has been uh, a year of character building mm, let's let's call it good. that you know um <laughs> that's a, a, a positive spin a positive spin on like what's happening i usually tell people that like if i'm like in a rough period of my life that i'm in the character building phase of my life and so mm. 2020 is a character building year for the entire world so um yeah it's been a journey that's for sure that's actually really good i never thought about i never even that's actually really good i never thought about that a year of character building so with that what types of character qualities is the lord working in you and like that you realize like man i really have to grow in this area yeah i think one of the biggest ones like in the world in general and then i can kind of down down to um like specifically me but i think one of the biggest ones uh that i think god allowed for this stuff to kind of like take place is to kind of like um release like the the idolatry that exists like within mm. our own just world in general you know oftentimes we uh we as a world like have made idols out of so many different things yeah. uh whether it's like money or uh status or wealth and um you know whatever like uh even like in regards to churches like we've made idols out of the actual buildings themselves you know or mm. the the structures that exist within our own churches yeah and people have literally had to like move past that and like adjust to like whatever is happening or whatever you know like and having to like reshift their thinking and focus around like uh, if we're talking specifically about church about what church looks like you know in yeah. the sense that like um we can't do the same things anymore. We can't gather in the same places or whatever, you know, like, and those types of things. But like, it's a test of faith, you know, like trying to like, I guess like test motives and like see, you know, like what people are truly about, like in this time and season. And I think for me, um, like this season has definitely been like a test of faith as well. Like I've been in a space of just a lot of, um, loneliness mm. and like heartbreak and like a whole bunch of different things anxiety yeah. like is like a big thing for me and I've been like working through which has been a blessing but like even still in this season like it's been um a struggle you know in a lot of ways given like all that is like transpiring but um yeah I think that it's a, a test of faith and like God is like uh intention this time for us to 
um, just take a moment to like sit back and like reflect on like where we are mm-hmm. and what's happening and to adjust accordingly to move forward into purpose. Mm. And so That's for true. me, it's been a season of like, oh God, I don't know exactly what's going on. Literally my whole life is like shifting, you know, like <laughs> my entire life is like shifting, you know, at this current point. Yeah. Um, and I have no idea like where you're taking me and like what's happening here. But I do know for sure is it, the only thing I do know for sure is, is that like, no matter what's happening, I'm moving forward into purpose and mm-hmm. God is like, pushing me into purpose. And so like, I may not have the answers to, you know, what's happening around me. I may not have the answers to like, uh, how I'm like processing or like dealing with like all the stuff that I've experienced, like in this time or whatever, what I do know is, is that purpose is what's pushing me forward. And it is what's allowing me to, um, stay focused as an individual, Mm. you know? And so I'm grateful for, uh, that much you got to find like the 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 blessings in the midst of you know uh yes. all of the craziness yeah. yeah man i mean you hit a home you hit a home i mean even even with the the idolater thing uh that for me yeah what, what uh before the big fallout of corona and stuff like that uh one thing that i myself always you know would focus on a lot I'm a big sports person, so I like sports. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I remember where I was at when everything <laughs> shifted for me. Like, like I felt like the Lord, like had and like gave me like um, a watch while I like watch this virus that's happening in China, and and just watch it. And so I would, like, I would watch it on the side, but like mm-hmm. I'm watching sports still. You know, the Pelicans. <laughs> you know, Zion Williamson. The, it's NBA is almost playoff time push. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so that's where my focus is like ultimately at. Right. <laughs> I remember coming home because it was going to be the Pelicans versus the jazz. I believe or the thunder. I think it was. And man, I was ready and they canceled the game. <laughs> <laughs> and then like the next, next several hours, the season is suspended. Like, oh man! And then you hear about all the different sports being canceled. I was like, <laughs> so. <laughs> but that's something I had to deal with as well as like about the idols. You know, it. I didn't realize how much, you know, yeah. time we put focusing on those things. And for me, I, I was and I was thinking about it. You know, because you got so much time, you brainstorming, you thinking. A lot of stuff that's happening now is causing us to actually focus on the underlining issues that everybody was overlooking because you know we our attention was taken away on the things that we use as an escape for sure and i think that like you mentioned a, a really good point in that that like for me my idol was like busyness mm-hmm. and like being busy all of the time or whatever and oftentimes i think that like for me, that busyness was a way to kind of like mask like whatever it was that like I was like dealing with internally or whatever. And I was just kind of like, oh, I don't have to deal with that right now. I got this to do, you know, in that sense. And so um, it became this like space or place of like, you know, 
uh, I'm just going to put off, you know, like the things that I'm, uh, I need to like actually like deal with um, and do this thing instead or whatever. Now, Corona came around or whatever in the quarantine and it was just like, no, you sit, <laughs> you sit in this and just like, you know, sit with like whatever is happening. And so um, like, even in that, like, I've been like, a lot of us have been left with our own thoughts and feelings at this yeah. current point. And you've seen like uh, at the the height of like quarantine or whatever and coronavirus, like um, there are literally people like committing suicide and like mm -hmm. all these other things or whatever, primarily because like they weren't dealing with like the internal things that they, they had going on, you know? And like, I think that, um, it was like the most uncomfortable things or like, you know, spaces, but it's not just like the, the internal struggles or like battles too. Like for yeah. some people, we just had our priorities messed up, you know? So like for some people, they've had to like be intentional about like learning what it means to reconnect with their families yeah. um, and to like be intentional about establishing relationship with their kids, you know, and not just like, you know, oh, you go to school, you come <laughs> home, I feed you, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. then like that's the end of it you know um but like they had to be extremely intentional about like building relationship and like um reevaluating those relationships so that they could like move into a greater uh place of just like wholeness yeah. and that's been like a, a really big thing for me too I feel like I'm talking a lot but I just I wanted to say <laughs> I just wanted to say that like um for me in this like space and place like uh especially like dealing with my own like uh issues like around like anxiety and like whatever you know has been like taking place like for me it has been important for me to just kind of like move towards a space of wholeness and not necessarily a, a space of just like oh god please fix this thing or fix this one thing or whatever you know understanding that like um this uncomfortableness this like having to uh press through the the muck and like the the dirt and all this other kind of stuff is um just kind of got like uh teaching you something in like traversing through that so that you yeah. can move towards like wholeness you know because that's mm -hmm. what god is like god is not concerned with like oh uh dennis you know because you prayed to me like <laughs> i'm gonna cure your anxiety you know and that yeah. type of thing or whatever like he wants to rid me of like what's underlying like so that like even if anxiety is something that like is exist like exists in my life like it's completely gone. Like it doesn't matter. Any it's not even a factor because of the fact that like those underlying things don't even matter anymore. And yeah. so like, I've just been like intentional about like seeking God for wholeness rather than like the cure of like something specific. Mm. And so like, um, I think that God is yeah. like doing and bringing like wholeness in the midst of like, um, whatever trials are kind of like happening in this time. And so I'm grateful to see it, you know, and grateful to see that like um, people are progressing and like pushing forward and moving forward together. And it's a beautiful thing. Mm, that's actually good, man. Uh, and I think that uh, from what I'm hearing, it, it's also how you respond to this time also plays into a part in that. I mean, cause yeah. God, God can push you and push you, you know, or like the squeeze you like the prunes, whatever like that, you know, but I mean, if you, if you, if you're hesitant or if you're not, if you don't want to do it, if you're like, no, I can't change, this can't change, you know, you know, then it, 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 it'll, um, it, it'd be harder, 
mm-hmm. for that progression to happen. And yeah. I had to check myself a lot, even during this time, of like how to respond during this time um, of character building, of um, <laughs> social issues that are happening. Uh, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's, it, I mean, your response is a huge part in it. Um, I mean, even, and so with that, I mean, like, I mean, I, I guess we could just dive into like, let's go issue, issue uh, aspect that I wanted to get into. Like for me, uh, it's, it's always the social issue of racism, of yeah. inequality. Those things have always been known for me, but I wasn't as active. I always was like a silent, a silent voice. Mm-hmm. I see it. I know it internally. I have feelings, but I don't do anything. Yeah. Um, I don't speak out for the voiceless, you know, uh, that's how I was. Uh, but all this time and, and because I didn't have an escape, you know, such as sports yeah. or anything else or busyness, I had to deal with it. I had to respond. And I was either going to respond by continuing to turn a blind eye <laughs> or respond in a more productive way. Yeah. Uh, and so, so my response has been like, I got tired. I cannot be voiceless anymore. I cannot be silent anymore. One, because I am black in America. <laughs> I'm a black male in America. Yeah. Um, also because I've had a lot of, um, ignorant things said to me, um, <laughs> but but my experiences, for the most part, with um, lighter melanin people, with <laughs> 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 white folks, I've always had great experience, great experiences. Even with the police, I've had great experiences and stuff with that. But the but the ignorance that come from that was. Oh, you know, he's like a white guy. <laughs> so I've got that. I, I, I've, I've gotten that side of the, um, as I call it, you know, just, just hurtful talk, you know. Yeah. Uh, or trying to put this person in the category. He's not like the other black folks. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's a good. Yeah, old, he's you know he's a good Negro. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you know, we can we can keep him. He's really good. Right. Uh, but and and so I would hear those things, and I'd be like, Nah. But I never spoke up. Yeah, I never said anything. But now it's different. <laughs> it's totally different now. <laughs> um, yeah. So I can't keep silent, and that, that's the thing that I've shifted to. But now it's more so. I, I have to speak up whenever I see it, whenever uh, it's in a news cycle, whatever it may be. If it come across my radar, I speak up. I give mm-hmm. my take. Um, it's just my opinion. I'm like, I've heard a lot of ignorant people uh, say some stuff, but I'm like, if they can say it, let me lend a voice that that is at least, if, if even if it's a little bit filtered through the lens of uh, being a Christian, being a, uh, a person who follows and loves the Lord. So why should not my voice also, you know, uh, be there, you know, cause yeah, I mean, it can be a little bit, more, it could be a little bit more balanced than someone who is just out for, um, 
to cause hurtful intent or whatever like that, you know, division. Uh, But anyway, that's, that's, that's how I have shifted now is to, uh, uh, is to speak up more uh, to call things out and uh, but also to check myself before doing it because I still, we still need to uh, uh, seek the Lord. Like, okay, Lord, where am I at? You know, check my heart, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, I speak up and stuff like that. Uh, but man, what about you, man? Where are you at, bro? With every, with this, with everything? Yeah. Um, I'm tired. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just going to keep it real. Mm-hmm. I'm extremely tired. I think that um, my journey has been a little bit different in the sense that like I have been speaking out for a long time now. Um, And I have had a lot of really difficult conversations um, with a lot of different people, uh, be it friends or people that I thought were friends, uh, family members, um, all those types of things, you know, Um, you know, just having these conversations around um, race and, and social justice and like a bunch of other things. For me, it's always been a part of my life to advocate in a sense for those who are quote unquote voiceless. Um, but I'm included and in, in, we're both included, you yeah. know, in that margin, you know, like I'm speaking not only for other folks, but I'm speaking for myself, you know, and it's not, and I think that's the important thing for me is like to recognize that like it's primarily me speaking for like myself in a space uh that like also relates to other people because I can't necessarily speak for everyone else you know Mm -hmm. um every other black person every other black man or you know whoever and so um not everyone is like uh a protester or like an organizer uh not everyone is like called to um, always just kind of like speak out or like rail against systems in a lot of ways. Um, but that like, uh, in regards to the grand like framework of like what it means to do, uh, work around like social justice or like pushing the envelope and pushing things forward. Like there are other ways to, um, kind of like be intentional about like healing Mm. and uh pushing us forward to um reconciliation which we don't truly understand what that means but we can get into (laughs) that a little bit um but like the idea is that like there are people um who are builders like those who like uh develop and organize and implement ideas there are those who are caregivers who nurture Um, people, you know, in this time and season, there are those who are disruptors and who are the people who like take the uncomfortable and like risky actions or whatever to like push things forward. There are the people who are the storytellers who tell the story of like what's going on um, in eloquent ways. You know, there are those who are the healers who are uh, intentional about like, it's like our our, uh, uh, people who work with like the men kind of things or whatever you know those who um uh are intentional about like helping to heal uh generational trauma and like curses that exist you know as a result of like racism and so like understanding that there's this grand grand like framework of like um people you know like who exist in this like place and space uh has given me i guess like a space to just kind of like breathe and like recognize that like I'm not called to like 
always like heal and also be a disruptor you know like i don't have to shoulder the burden of like taking on every single one of these responsibilities in order to um uh say that like i'm doing a good job or like you know um yeah doing what i'm supposed to be doing but like a part of that is like i've been like super intentional about self-care in this like season and like understanding what it means to take care of myself Mm -hmm. um after the um the situation with like george floyd and then i was like i think that was like um a memorial day uh weekend when all of that stuff kind of happened mm-hmm. um there was brianna taylor situation that kind of like arose that you heard about that yeah there was the the karen in central park yeah. um <laughs> that whole situation and then like there was another uh story like literally this is all the same news cycle like there was a story of like a woman who had like drowned her autistic son mm-hmm. or whatever but like blamed it on like two black men and said that they had kidnapped um her son or whatever and all this other kind of stuff come to find out they had like video footage of like you know what she did or whatever but like there's all this like um opposition against like black folks like uh in this time or whatever and i was not good like i was not in a a good space for a long time or not for a long time but like for at least a few days which i mean i guess is a while you know in a while (laughs) in a sense like i wasn't I wasn't good, you know, like yeah. I was legit like crying for like mm-hmm. hours straight, you know, and like um just in a space of like um yeah, just extreme uh hurt and just like feeling like lost in a lot of ways. Um and so as a result of that, like it um it took me a while to kind of like shift my own like thoughts and like perspectives on things. But like one of the big things that I'm really more concerned about now than anything else is not necessarily what's happening outside of my community or whatever, Mm -hmm. but what's more so happening on the inside and like the ways that I can like help to uh, push us forward and like help to progress us uh, as a people from the inside, like from the inward kind of place rather than like, um, what's happening yes we can address the systems yes we can like you know like rail against those things because we should and they need to be railed against but yeah. like i'm more so concerned about like uh what ways can we like heal like inwardly you know yeah. and with each other what ways can mm-hmm. we like uh come together and be intentional about um doing work you know and Mm -hmm. doing like real like work around this and so um yeah that's been just kind of like where my heart is and like my desire for like this like time and moment so legit man and and i feel like i think that's where a lot of people are at now or we're at now is like that whole uh question of where do we go from here and i think um uh dialogues not just dialogues, but also follow through and solutions are are needed uh, because I mean we've we've always had the dialogues we've always had the dialogues. I think the solutions and follow through is what's more needed now, mm-hmm. and um, I think more people who have probably been in a position like myself who have always been um, silent but understand everything that's going on who have been pushed to a little bit further where it's like. Now we have to speak up. And then those like yourself who has who's who were already speaking who now is tired. <laughs> I, I I feel like we're at that crux now where 
okay, we we we've a little we're a little bit late to the party, <laughs> you know, but we understand. But that's so, okay. We welcome yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like okay, so I know y'all tired, but let us now be the voice. You've always been speaking a lot, you know what what are some of those solutions? What are some things that you have mm-hmm. ideas for? If you're tired of speaking, then let me speak. And you just give, you know, uh, and yeah. then, you know, you go forward and do your part. But uh, I think that's where we're at. Even as the church, you know, I think that's something the church uh, is definitely going to have to get together and try to figure out. I know the church isn't uh, a monolithic thing. Neither are black folks a monolithic thing or people in general yeah. are not monolithic. And so it's going to look different in different parts of the country. It's going to look different in um, in people's lives. Uh, but I think we're at a, a place now where we actually need solutions and follow through to those solutions. Because if we don't, then it's going to right back in the same cycle. And that's yeah. for me something, uh, another reason why I felt where I wasn't always speaking out because I was kind of apathetic to... Mm-hmm. Um, the constant cycle. I was yeah. hearing people speak out, hearing, seeing the things that happen, and then nothing changed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I was very apathetic, but um, I, and I'm still, you know, I'm just be honest. I'm still a little bit, a little bit skeptical yeah. and apathetic. I understand. But I have to have that hope. Like I have to, because <laughs> yeah. if I don't have that hope, then I'm not going to do any work. I'm not going to do anything. That's um, true. But yeah, so I think the thing is like, where do we go from here? And like, uh, what's the next steps? I have some ideas and some thoughts. Uh, uh, probably a lot of people have the same things. But um, specifically for, uh, we'll talk about the church and then also, you know, uh, our community. Uh, mm-hmm. um, what, are, what are some of your thoughts concerning like, where do we go from here as the church, as the body of Christ? Yeah, I um, I think that's a very interesting conversation overall. I think that like I go through these like phases, especially like in this season of like I said, like I'm I've been like super concerned about like what's happening or taking place like in my community, mm-hmm. like and I think that's led to a space of me like being like, um, I'm just not concerned with like anything else that anybody else is doing over there you know yeah at this current point like I'm not concerned about like the ways that they view us like the ways that they view like what's happening in those types of things or whatever um and so that's been like something that I've been like battle- battling with like a <laughs> lot more lately um yeah. which I don't necessarily think is wrong I just think that like the ways that I kind of like went about it was just like okay hey, man it's where you're at it's raw it's authentic, yeah, no I know but it's just like <laughs> You do it, you do it a little, a lot, you know, and like, I think that God is definitely like calling me to um, a greater purpose, but it's also understanding like uh, the times to speak and like the times to um, just kind of like chill out and, you know, um, you know, not like just sit and like allow for things to like take their course. And so for me, I think that the church, um, if we're talking like specifically about the church as a whole, um, and if we're thinking about like uh, white and multicultural spaces, because that's where a lot of like the contention um, is like around these issues, like the things, uh, the solution I think for me is reconciliation. 
um like in like i said before like we don't understand what true reconciliation is um especially like as it relates to um god and like the bible and so like um we have to understand that like there's the acknowledgement that happens right um which we we've barely done that uh <laughs> in regards to you know like all that's been happening um like we acknowledge that slavery existed um and that's about as far as we go as we go with I mean, it, black you know? history in school is slavery civil rights that's it <laughs> Yeah. slavery so rights native americans native americans yeah, yeah. With us, you know and and then uh you know we we killed them off but you know nothing manifest deal. destiny man uh you know exactly for sure exactly uh i had really thought that manifest destiny was like this really great thing at that's first, what i thought i was a like a long time and I was man, they were like they were indoctrinating oh, us Listen, education in and of itself has moved away from it actually being education to indoctrination yeah. because of like how we view the, the ways that we tell history. There's like, um, I think it was a while ago, like it was either in Tennessee or Texas because it's always one of them. But, <laughs> but like uh, in, in that space, they were basically calling slaves sharecroppers or something like mm -hmm. that. And I was just like, no. <laughs> Yeah, like, nah. like, like that's not where we were, but like, um, yeah, like as a church, like as the church, as this country, like we don't ever acknowledge like, um, the true crimes that existed or took place like in our like in this space, you know, as a country, we don't acknowledge the ways that we've harmed people, uh, uh, not only just like in like specific events, but like generationally, you know, like yeah. there are literal systems like set up to like uh, intentionally like oppress folks like from generation yeah. to generation. Um, and so um, we need to acknowledge those things or whatever. Um, and to um, we need to like make sure that we're like intentional about intentional about repenting for those things as well so like yeah. uh uh reconciliation is kind of like in two parts like because you've acknowledged like what has happened like repentance is like the first thing that comes right is yeah. the apology for you know like whatever is happening and it's not to say that like you have to like do this like super um like er every white person doesn't need to like come up to a black person and be like yo I am so sorry for, you know, like, it's not that or whatever. It's just yeah. like, a, like, the, our country in and of itself won't even acknowledge the history. And so like, if there was like a moment of repentance from the country as a whole, um, like, um, uh, Germany does that, like, they've been like, super intentional about like, doing work around like, repentance for um, the ways that they treated Jews during, yeah. uh, during the Holocaust. And um, yeah, like I think that um, um, like we don't we don't do that. Like there's yeah. barely acknowledgement of what happened, um, but like it's not something that we are intentional about. Kind of like um, like repenting for. Like yeah. we don't see like in a lot of those conversations are just kind of like, uh, well, I didn't do it, you know, yeah. like. And like, I'm not going to, you know, like, you know, like the response, especially like on a governmental level too, cause I've, I've seen it in like some of the spaces, just like, there's no need for us to apologize for something that happened uh, two lifetimes ago, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and it's just like, 
okay you know like like yeah. okay whatever but um repentance is like the very first thing that needs to happen um which like we haven't really gotten there yet even though like a lot of people think we have um but the other part of that is like some sort of rep- recompense or like reparation in a sense mm-hmm. and we can talk uh in earnest about like just like what that means like in regards to reparations because that's like a you know a conversation that like gets a lot of people up in arms you know about like you know those types of things but like um biblically to where like if something bad has happened um then there's like a repentance for it but there's also this thing of like i have to prove to you that like what i did was wrong and like i want us to move forward you know, and I want us to uh, progress as individuals. And so Bro, I have to be intentional. It's yeah. marriage. It's marriage. Man, yeah. if, if, if I do something that hurts Krista, I have to earn her trust back. I have to, exactly. we have to build that trust back. You know, I, sure. I, I say I'm sorry, but words are words. You know, exactly. what, what's the steps? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so right? like reparations isn't necessarily about like uh, a payout, you know, so to speak or whatever. But it's about like from this point forward, my actions will reflect my repentance. Wow, you know, Um, and so like we have to get to that space and place to where like um, as a country, as a church in general, you know, like uh, that, like, hey, I'm sorry for um, like, for example, I'm sorry for tokenizing you you know, mm-hmm. uh, in my church context. I'm sorry for using you as like um, this uh, like way to fill a quota, so to speak, <laughs> you know, or to like make it seem as if like we're a diverse group of people. Let me be intentional about um, uh, like including you not only in like the services itself or whatever but on my board uh or on the the decision making team the spaces and places that truly you know like matter in regards to uh places of power and like privilege you know like Mm -hmm. let me include you in this these spaces so that we move to a place to where what had happened will never happen again. Mm, I mean, that has opened my eyes. Because, I, I, I mean, even, you know, on the reparations aspect, uh, I think when people hear that, you know, they think of just the money. <laughs> but, I mean, I think you put it so really well, whereas uh, my actions will show my repentance and what I, you know, that I won't go back to that, what I repented from. Yeah. But I think that's really good. Um, and, and I think that's one thing for me, um, my biggest the biggest thing that like kind of drives passion within me is the church um mm-hmm. i mean Same. i don't know if people know my story but i was an atheist uh didn't believe in god had a supernatural experience with the lord and like couldn't nobody tell me different god is god jesus is the lord you yeah. know so forth and so on this journey that i've been on uh, my my life is, you know, a lot of refinement. Um, but there's one group of people who, like, passionately drives me that if if there's something that I, that I see that is not, you know, biblical uh, or stains the church in a way, then I'm like, that really gets me. And yeah. so... <laughs> so I always think about the church. I'm so I'm talking about the church body right now. I always think about the church and its, its leaders uh, during things like this and what is being said. 
And uh, I think it was like last week or so, I went on this, I guess you can call it a little binge watching thing of different sermons on YouTube. Sermons mm-hmm. of from different pastors all across the U.S., recent sermons talking about mm-hmm. the current issues because I wanted to see what was being said um, because in you know from there that uh from that uh stage from that uh speaking uh they there's a lot of people in their congregation maybe whatever like that and um they're listening they're listening mm-hmm. to this person this this leader yeah. um and it was i got upset i get upset because <laughs> it was political and 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 i i distinctly remember bro watching this pastor I don't know where it is. When he started talking, I was like, this is a great guy. I'll go to his church. You know, I'll listen to him. He looks so friendly. Then he started trying to justify the killing of George Floyd. Yeah. And I was like, what in the world does this have to do with anything? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so that's, that's what really gets me. Cause it, it, it and, and that was like across the board. I, I was seeing this, um, on YouTube. I know there's a lot of churches. I don't do that, but this is what I was seeing. And so um, it just, and the Lord was also taking me through a time of uh, Ezekiel 34 about uh, false uh, teachers and and the shepherds are scattering the flock and different things like that. So I'm like, Lord, if something has to change, and that's when I wrote on Facebook about, you know, like Dear Dear American Church. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think, everything that we're going through now, the the coronavirus, the stay at home, stuff like that, um, uh, just all this um, upheaval. Mm-hmm. I feel like God, I mean, churches, and I know there will be some, will probably go back to, you know, revert. But from this, churches need to innovate. Yeah, I agree. Innovate both how we do things our, the outreach, innovate, um, how we view, how we, uh, view things, our contacts, our understanding, what we yeah. consume, like everything needs to change coming out of this because if it don't, then you, I feel like the churches, the local churches will miss what everything that God is trying to do in this season. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think one of the biggest things that I'm starting to see too is, is that, um, I, I've seen a couple, I haven't been like watching a lot of sermons, like from a lot of different pastors, mm-hmm. <laughs> just cause like, I just, I don't need that variability in my life. <laughs> like, it's just like, this is too much. And like, I, I don't know what they're going to say. And I'm like really concerned, but like, um, what one of the things I, I did notice is, is that like, um, a lot of the bigger churches, especially like bigger churches with like, um, um white pastors but there have been some black pastors too uh, mm-hmm. who have just now started to kind of like speak out against stuff too and it's just like okay fam like oh, what are we doing but like um no like uh there's been some like bigger white and multicultural like churches um where um there are white pastors who are just like now speaking out and it's almost like the um uh the uh big business for like starbucks effect you know in the sense that like um 
because like it's a hot button topic and there's so much response like from the world in and of itself like there's people protesting around the world now it's cool or okay to like kind of like respond to like what's happening Mm -hmm. you know um and now is like the time to like speak out you know even though um we've been silent for years while like 7,000 other like black folks have been like you know killed like at the hands of police and stuff like that and it's just like um why now you know is the the big question but like also too I mean like if you're speaking out now like be intentional about like understanding like what it means to repent but also like moving towards um that recompense or Mm. like reparation part of things and so like we see a lot of pastors who are not walking in like a humble, like repentance in any way, shape or form, who have like, you know, justified um, the atrocities because they are atrocities that, you know, this country have committed. Um, And primarily the church, like the church had a big part in like, um, like committing these things or whatever, you know, like we, there was a lot of just like enforcing of, um these uh harmful and uh heretical uh just kind of like uh thoughts or like Mm -hmm. the toxic theology um in order to uh keep people as like slaves and all these types of things and like um so the justification happens or whatever and then like um, so you get people like Rob Parsley or like Lou Giglio who like, you know, like um, say all these things about, you know, all these, the white blessing, or, you oh, know, like man, all that yeah. kind of stuff. And I'm just like, how, how are we here? You know, and it makes yeah. me wonder, like these are spaces and places to where they're, um, they have like people or like other minority folks like uh, serving in their churches or whatever. And it makes me wonder have you had conversations with them? Mm-hmm. You know, like, are you really listening to them when they're saying, hey, this hurts me, this like bothers me, this is like what's plaguing my heart at this time or whatever, or is this just a way for you to just kind of like make sure that you put yourself in the clear mm-hmm. um, so that you don't get any like uh, harm or like backlash because of the fact that you didn't speak out or, yeah. you know, those types of things. But then what comes out of that is, is that like, And even in repentance, like understanding that like you don't have to be the person to say the things that needs to be said or whatever. Yeah. Like if you have people in your congregation uh, or people who are serving in your congregation who are better like uh, able to explain that or um, like if you have a person of color like who whose voice you should uplift in this time, um, like. Uh, who may have a a greater like insight on these like specific things, then lift them up. Like there's this like pride that comes, you know, that I have to like speak, you know, um, to like what's happening um, without education um, because like there's no, there's not uh, enough like folks like educating themselves, especially in the church, which I'm having like a big struggle with is like, um, there's lack of education around these issues, like Mm -hmm. within the church, we used to be at the front and center of these things, especially like in relation to like thinking about like, um, 
the Black church and just kind of like how it relates to like the civil rights movement. Everything was kind of like funneled through that or whatever. They were providing resources. They were the ones educating members through services on Sunday mornings or whenever they were gathering, you know. Um, they were the ones intentional about like notifying people of when it was time to move, when it was time to strike, when it was time to sit and rest, you know, those types of things. And like, um, we've strayed so far away from that or whatever, but there's this like rise of just like ignorance and not being intentional about like uh, learning or like reading or those types of things or whatever. And a big part of it is this fear that like, if we uh, read something um, that isn't necessarily inherently Christian, Mm -hmm. you know, because um, a lot of the experts like on these topics are not necessarily like Christian individuals. If we read these things or whatever, then it uh, may like uh, poison us, you know, on the inside (laughs) and like, uh, you know, just change our very nature. Next thing you know, we're not believing in God and like we're, we're on the complete opposite spectrum of things or whatever. But that's where we get to this space of like, um, are my values in that moment like inherently Christian or inherently political? You know, in the sense that am I more concerned about, um, you know, like loving justice and and uh, uh, loving mercy and doing justice and those types of things? Or am I uh, more concerned about like keeping um, my conservative values, you know, intact? or in alignment because like if I read this then I may have to disagree with like you know whatever it is that exists um on the side of of things and so like um yeah it's like it's a weird place and like space overall there's a lot of ignorance that has, has like come out of this season of like people just speaking and not like understanding anything and then like receiving all this blowback and then they have to like uh create these apologies yeah you know um which aren't really apologies (laughs) like like you know it's just like hey you know preachers mess up and uh you know like uh, we don't always get it right you know is the the apology and it's just like no (laughs) like that's not that's not a a, that's not (laughs) repentance and it's still a a place and a space of pride you know like Mm -hmm. like and that's what we have to like move from like as like the american church as the white evangelical church as the multicultural evangelical church as the black church like as all of these different spaces we have to move past a place of um pride like we become prideful as individuals bro that's it I'll say this and then I move to the next question. But uh, my biggest thing um, is that I, I feel like, and yeah, that's what I said. I feel like, so it's my feelings, um, <laughs> that the church has been more influenced through American culture and values than, and, and it has dictated what the church values. Yeah. It's in place and stuff like that. I mean, I feel, I'm gonna say this, but <laughs> uh, the like there, one of the one of the things that I believe that we a way the church needs to move forward, and and I, I know there's a lot of uh, 
church bodies that have are doing this and have done this in the past but they you know you know people don't take see no never mind and then whatever like that they don't pay attention is uh, one way that the church has been influenced uh, through the culture by the American culture is like you said that source of pride and the building up um, so there's I mean how many building funds have you heard of or projects or centers it's more so we build up these big temples and say come here if we can if we can make a community center inside of our church well you know we want them to come here come here idolatry bro yeah <laughs> right building it up rather than what like the community going out yeah you know and i and i think that's one of the solutions and things that churches cannot miss people like the church cannot miss during this time like if we come out of this and we're still doing the same stuff, then we completely miss what God is doing. Exactly. And what he's highlighting. It, it's not about the temp, It's not about the edifice. It's not about the building. It's about the fellowship. And, and because the more you're isolated, it's, it's basically isolation. You're, I, we're iso- we've been isolating, um, you know, ourselves saying, come here. And if you come here, then we have all these different programs for you and stuff like that versus going out in ourselves, engaging with the community and, and seeing uh, the injustices and learning about the things that the people go through Yeah, and bringing Christ to them that way. For sure. <laughs> we want to bring Christ to people as long as they come to our church. <laughs> so- yeah. But my thing is, is that like, are we really doing church if we're not engaged in our communities? You know, like, you know, I think that when we think about the early church and like the ways that they existed, you know, Mm -hmm. in general, like they were intentional about like community and like being in fellowship with one another. And like there's a bunch of like spaces and places and churches who have never walked a block in the communities that they actually like reside in you know and it's just like how how did we get here you know like it's just like yeah like we're so far removed away from like the people um that exist in those spaces and the problems that they the very visible uh oppression that they experience or or deal with like in that space and like we have to do better as a church yeah man um so I'm going to shift to the other thing that you highlighted, which is actually really good. Um, the inward help. Cause we were, mm-hmm. we, we, there was two that we talked about. One was, one is this church. Like what can the church do? But one, what about ourselves inwardly, yeah. our uh, sphere of influence and stuff like that. Um, I'll get, I want to get your take first, man. What do you, what do you believe? What do you think? Yeah. I think one of the things that needs to happen is, is that like, in relation, there's a lot of, of in-house work that we need to do, <laughs> honestly. I mean, there's a, a lot of outhouse work too, and those are both important. And it's not yeah. to say that like, uh, in order for us to like receive like the things that we should like on the outward side that we have to do the inward work, mm-hmm. but like they need to go hand in hand is, yeah. is what I'm really saying, you know? Um, but what I'm, I, I think one of the big things is, is that like, we have to be better about like, um, uh just kind of like healing our own relationships across um the uh diaspora you know in general so like mm-hmm. um uh those who are afro caribbean afro latinx um uh biracial you know um african 
uh, immigrants, you know, mm -hmm. uh, those uh, Black Americans who were like, you know, descended from slaves and all those types of people, like there are still like issues between us yeah. that we have to like be intentional about working to that are um, inherently influenced by like white supremacy in a lot of ways, you know, like our thoughts and perceptions towards each other are generally centered around um, uh, the views that come from like the white gaze. And yeah. so- um, uh, one, one, one quick example, cause I mean, it came to my mind one quick example is the Malcolm X and Dr. King. Um, you either Malcolm X or you Dr. King. And, <laughs> and, and, and I, I even have heard that like people like, so, so you're more so Malcolm, you're so Dr. King. I'm like, mm -hmm. but I also felt like back in the day, I like that was something I thought, you know, Malcolm X was the bad guy. Malcolm For sure. Good guy. But, you know, that's, but like you said, that's through the lens of the, um, yeah, the, the supremacy of whiteness, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, sure. and, but, you know, they both died. They both got assassinated. Exactly. They both, they <laughs> both, they both were killed by, by you know, um, and we can go into conspiracy, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, about like what that is, <laughs> but I'm not going to go there. They were both assassinated is, yeah. is what I'm going to say. But like, um, like even with that, like for a long time, like I thought the same thing, like, you know, one was like essentially the good guy and one was essentially like the bad guy. Or even like when I like, uh, quote unquote, like um, expanded my framework or like my thoughts around them, one was like more um, uh, nonviolent or peaceful and the other one was more radical, you know, in mm -hmm. the sense or whatever both radical in nature, yeah. if we're being like completely honest or whatever, it was just that one was perceived differently than the other. I mean, and they both, they both weren't perceived well. Let's yeah. like, let's, yeah. let's make that abundantly clear. These men were both the most hated men in America at the yeah. time, you know? Um, but like, um, oftentimes like we think of them as like one being more violent than the other, mm -hmm. which is not necessarily the yeah. case. Um, but yeah, again, it comes from like the, the, the white gaze and like mm -hmm. how, um, you know, like we view ourselves based off of how white people have kind of like seen us culturally. And so like, we have to do uh, more intentional work around, um, uh, removing those like perceptions or stereotypes that form in a mind that are, uh, essentially anti-black, um, in nature. Um, but also too, we have to be intentional about like healing our relationships across the board. So it isn't just the diaspora conversation, but it's also a conversation of, uh, being intentional about like, uh, healing and repairing our relationships with members, uh, black members of the LGBTQ community, mm -hmm. you know, and recognizing that their lives are just as valuable as anybody else's, you know, or um, even like, and this is, this has been like my big thing for like the last few weeks or whatever it is, is that like, we have to be intentional about healing our relationships across gender, you know, mm -hmm. like thinking about like how we uh, have conversations and interact with black women as black men mm. um, has to change. Like we have to be intentional about uh, protecting black women, not just because they need our protection, quote unquote, or whatever, but because they protect us in so many ways that oh, yeah. like we don't reciprocate. You know, uh, uh, if we think about uh, 
civil rights movement. If we think about even now, like with Black Lives Matter, uh, women are essentially at the forefront of these these uh, conversations um, and the ones that are like fighting for us, like yeah. fighting for Black men consistently and constantly, no matter how, how we treat them or like how we like uh, engage them, like they are constantly our greatest supporters yeah. and our greatest advocates. And we have done a serious injustice to them by not giving them that same or meeting them with that same energy you know like we are not doing uh, the work that we need to do to um be protectors of our sisters um mm -hmm. just as they've been protective of us like yeah. for them it doesn't matter uh what if george floyd did something or didn't do something you know in those moments it doesn't matter if you know like uh, uh so and so like was not necessarily the most model citizen or whatever they're railing against the system anyway yeah because it does it, it it makes no sense as to why this person is dead or or you know like whatever and so like um we have to be the same like in relation to our advocacy for them like we have to be intentional about advocating for them just as much as they advocate for us like i said black women are literally at the forefront of every single movement that happens they are at the forefront of our churches uh they are the ones who are uh doing the groundwork who are doing um, the work that is necessary uh, in our communities. They are the ones, uh, Black Lives Matter movement was founded by women. You know, um, civil rights movement, uh, even though, you know, you consider like MLK, like to be like one of the leaders at the helm and stuff like that. There were tons of women yeah. uh, who were just like working behind the scenes to organize and to uh, uh, help others like around them uh, get the things that they needed to. And so we have to be better advocates for Black women mm -hmm. um, and for other people uh, who don't necessarily uh, fit into the, the, um, the uh, straight uh like male kind of like yeah. perspective or dynamic you know in a sense mm -hmm. and so um we just have to do better as a whole of like just repairing those relationships but it it, it also takes reconciliation as well you know yeah. like repentance for the ways that like we as black men have uh chosen power over like uh choosing to honor them you know or mm -hmm. cho have chosen like oftentimes our struggle is is and we have a very str similar struggle to uh white women in the sense that like we both exist at planes of both uh power and privilege uh and oppression you know like um but like for us like it isn't like a um we we are aren't necessarily always concerned we are with like gaining similar status to that of like yeah. white men yeah. um and it goes the same for white women like for them oftentimes like it's just like let's rail against like issues in relation to gender and stuff like that or whatever like equal pay those types of things or whatever but also at the same time like I'm going to disregard or uh, not acknowledge like what my sisters of color are like dealing with in that space. And so they end up choosing like whiteness over um, uh, their womanhood or like for yeah. us, it's like us choosing um, our maleness over um, uh, our, you know, us being black or whatever. And so yeah. there's this like area of like both like supremacy and oppression that exists 
um, it's intersectionality, you know, yeah, like yeah. we have, you know, both places of like uh, privilege and oppression that we experience. Um, but like we're trying to gain or like hold on to greater privilege and not necessarily trying to um, uh, like lift those up who are like uh, at like even worse places, yeah. you know, in our society. And so we have to be intentional about like, uh, dismantling um just the notion that like we need to you know elevate ourselves into this greater level of privilege but like being intentional about like no like my sister is also hurting and i need her to like be on the same status as all of us you know like we all need um an equitable playing field you know yeah and so um i think that's a big thing like we have to repair those relationships and be intentional about reconciliation in that as well mm. that's real good i think um for me um inwardly uh my 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 solution or my thoughts is more so um uh regarding to understanding and follow through mm-hmm. and education um uh, and it's, it's it's good to see a lot of people uh, trying to educate themselves and things like that. Yeah. Um, and even even myself, I mean, if if people are in my shoes, where you know they um, black, we live it. I mean, I hear I hear that you know I'm black. I live it. I don't really need to educate. I'm like, nah, you still need to educate yourself. Just as much. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I think for me and people may may be in my same shoes where. Yeah, I think one is is to really educate ourselves of the history of you know of the history of Black folks, history of I mean, I've even I even dispersed you know into like um, you know Native Americans what they've gone through. Like yeah. uh, I think it's it's it it's it's noble, and it's also something uh, we have to take upon ourselves is to understand each other's plight. And what our struggle is, because if you aren't able to understand the other person's struggle, then you will, like you said, will overlook it. Uh, Because we all have the struggles, we all have, you know, and and this mix of uh, this big soup of a society that we have, you know, I feel like there's sometimes this fight to see who's struggling and get the most attention. The oppression Olympics. Yeah. That's what, that's what I call it. Yep. <laughs> the oppression Olympics. Yeah. I mean, but it, uh, the Bible uh, makes it so clear when one hurts, we all hurt. You know, if yeah. the body, if the hand is uh, in pain, then, you know, the whole body feels it. And we all need to like help each other on this, you know, uh, avenue of like, you know, becoming uh, equal. Yeah. Um, and so I think one of the things that we, people who are in my shoes definitely need to do is educate themselves um, on all planes. Uh, and then also um, find that avenue of how, uh, whatever your gift is, mm-hmm. use that gift in, you know, ex- uh, exposing the struggle, but also uh, finding a solution to follow through for to sure. help that struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, my gift, you know, I, one of the skills I have is to, you know, audio editing, video editing, you know, I was in journalism, I went to school for it, I have skill set and all that stuff like that. And so one thing I try to do is, you know, I'm like, hey, let me start interviewing people. Let me start talking to people 
and getting this uh, conversation out because a lot of people, there are people out there who have internal feelings who can't, who don't really know how to express it and put yeah. a pinpoint on what they should do or whatever like that. And so things like this, I'm hoping, you know, by God's grace will help people like, okay, I mean, I, I'm in the boat where Ralph is at. Let me, For sure. I can go about this way. I'm in the boat where Dennis is at. Let me go about uh, doing yeah. it this way. Uh, and so I think uh, that's one solution individually is uh, take responsibility. Uh, we live and, and we live in a, uh, a country where we are full of vast resources and information, but yeah. to be, Literally. to be in the country full of information and not use it is ignorance. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. And even more so as, as Christians, and I'll say this as uh, for, for those who believe in Christ Jesus, uh, you, you, you hit it earlier where he was like, you know, sometimes, you know, they, there may be an, an aversion to reading something that is by someone who's not a believer, uh, mm-hmm. but they're experts in that field. You go to a job, <laughs> you know, you can't put, Hey, I'm a Christian. I can't take that training because exactly, you know, <laughs> or, yeah. or, or even if you want you, I mean, there's Christians who read Harry Potter, but fine with that, but you know, don't want to do that, yeah, do the other sure. thing. But, and so I think as Christians, we, we too need to like understand <laughs> the plight. So if there's yeah. someone out there like I, I'm, I'm having an aversion to reading things that are secular, quote unquote, uh, uh, like I think it's our, our it's our due diligence. It is it's something we yeah. should do and must do. Yeah, and my thing with that is is that like I wonder like why is there so much fear in like reading something that you may not completely agree with, you know, like, I think that um, in order for us to gain like better understanding of each other, there's going to be moments where we agree Mm -hmm. and where we disagree on, you know, specific things or whatever. And like, but healthy discourse is like needed in order for us to progress as a society and as a people in general. And so like, with me or like with anybody, like it's important for us to read things that like um, may fall in line with like, you know, whatever framework or like topic that we're talking about, Mm -hmm. but like also it's okay like to not necessarily agree with like whatever that person says or like writes all the time or whatever. Like there's a, there's like the phrase and I hate it because like I've seen it used in very toxic ways, but it's like uh, a, uh, eat the meat and like spit out the bones, bones. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. um but oftentimes it's been used in really toxic conversations um which bothers me to no end uh but like I do understand it a lot more now in the sense that like um there are things that I read or whatever by individuals um that like I um inherently agree with the premises of like you know the things that they say but I don't agree with like methods or like uh some of the ways that they like talk about specific things Mm -hmm. and that's okay like to have those like moments or spaces of just like okay this i can get in line with this is not necessarily uh something that i agree with but i still respect that person's thoughts i respect their value and their opinions or whatever but it's important for me to like do that because of the fact that like um because of the fact that like uh um, I have to like push myself further and give myself uh, better ways to uh, think about solutions and to like think about 
um, like the language that I'm using or like yeah. how like I'm like framing certain things or whatever. Perfect example of that to me is like, um, I've been reading a lot of like James Cone lately, yeah. um, who um, is this great guy um, who did a lot of work around like liberation theology. Mm -hmm. um, some folks agree with them. Some folks don't, <laughs> you know, there's a whole yeah. bunch of, you know, uh, commentary about that, but um, I've been like reading, uh, um, I forget what the name of the book is off the top of my head, but anyway, uh, I've been reading one of his books and um, it's like the 40th year edition of it or whatever. Mm -hmm. and it was written in like 1969 or 70. Yeah. I think it was 70, 1970. But anyway, um, the book in and of itself is like well beyond its years, like is still like relevant <laughs> to like where we are. Um, what's interesting though is, is that like in the, um, I think it's like the, uh, like he gives like a little forward before like uh, the start of the book or whatever. Yes. And this is like a revised forward that he gave like probably like a few years after he had written the book or whatever. Uh -huh. One of the things that, that he mentioned was is that like there were a lot of people who like agreed like with the things that I was talking about um and the things that like I said you know about like liberation theology and like what that means and like how black people uh have to understand that like God is the God of the oppressed you know all these different yeah. types of things which is great you know all this great information and stuff like that but he said that like I messed up you know like I, mm -hmm. I messed up and like people came to me and was just like yo I'm with this you know but like at the same time like there's some stuff that I just don't agree with you know <laughs> um but it, it it changed his perspective and like framework and he was intentional in that forward about just like writing about the ways that people have challenged him and like caused him to progress in like his thinking so like a lot of his theology a lot of his um uh, work in that book were centered around black men and like uh just like what they deal with you know or whatever um but like there were women uh who were under him like uh at, they you know consider him to be a mentor and stuff like that which is how we also get a lot of like womanist theology uh framework uh which i could talk about this stuff for days but <laughs> anyway um um you get this like uh, different like perspective in regards to uh, uh, like his work because of the fact that like he missed out on like including women into this conversation mm. or including women into the framework of like you know uh, this topic as a whole and so yeah. as a result of that like they were just like the women specifically were just like yo I don't agree with this and so he apologized for it because he was just <laughs> like no you're right like you know, I should shift my thoughts and perspectives, but they also took what he did and yeah. like created their own framework, you know, in regards to like expanded, like we, every, um, there's a quote by, uh, I'm sorry, I'm like rambling, no, but there's like a quote by uh, uh, Michael Eric Dyson um, uh -huh. where he talks about like uh, the nature of like African music, right? Uh -huh. And so if we think about like this, I'm going somewhere, just give me a moment. Okay, uh, hey, if we I'm think following. about this, 
if we think about like the idea of like taking something and expanding upon it, like um, if we're thinking about African music, what ends up happening is, is that there's like a single, a singular drum, like mm-hmm. playing this one beat, right? And so yeah. like, it's going, everything is like dope, right? And yeah. then so somebody comes in and adds like a different rhythm, right? And yeah. so it just like expands the way that the music mm-hmm. is viewed. And then you're just like, oh, that's really cool. You yeah. know, and then like, it just becomes this like bigger thing. And then as like, as um as like more drums and like singing and all this other kind of stuff kind of gets added to this like one singular drum rhythm that started out or whatever like yeah every round goes higher and higher and it becomes this like mm. uh uh beautiful like kind of like piece um that like would not be able to be possible if it wasn't for the contributions of yeah. each and every one of those individuals and so it's our duty as individuals to uh read things that like challenge us uh that cause us mm-hmm. to grow so that we can like take Take it and then like expand upon it you know like we may not necessarily agree with certain things in it but like we can use the information given so that we can like create a greater framework or broader framework so that like we can be intentional about creating solutions and like uh just creating this like beautiful tapestry of like um just knowledge but also greater understanding Mm -hmm. of each other and of who god is um in relation to uh these specific things and so i think that that's super important legit bro i mean that's really good i I think we're gonna (laughs) i understand (laughs) no that's really good i think that's uh that would lead me to my last question man if you have any uh book suggestions that people can take oh man uh, give me about three or four three or four okay um let me see i think um one i would say uh to check out is uh race matters Mm -hmm. uh, by cornell west um one of the things i just talked about on the end about like the fact that like it's the you know um eat the meat spit out the bones like kind of narrative like um he talks a lot about that in like one of the chapters and is probably one of the books that like first and foremost like shaped um just kind of like how i've thought about um uh like race and those types of things Mm -hmm. um another book i would say is um how to be an anti-racist by Mm -hmm. ibram kendi yeah um i've heard a lot of really great things about it it's on my list of books to read um but i've been like looking at like some of his like interviews um and articles and and those types of things and so uh, that's another one and then i would also say this one's a little bit uh outside of like the the scope of things but it gives great insight i would suggest uh reading a book called uh medical apartheid which is by Mm. harriet washington and it is basically a book on the um uh medical practices and experimentations done on black folks from antebellum slavery to uh current day like present history um and so it is a heavy and like super dense book Mm. full of like a lot of information as to like uh, how we as individuals uh, view doctors because there's a lot of fear yeah. that exists there, but like also like it helps us to understand how we have to be our own best advocates uh, in hospitals because black women don't <laughs> also, that's another thing, black women don't receive <laughs> yeah. uh, adequate health care, especially mm-hmm. like when it comes to uh, labor and like postpartum and those types of things. Yeah. And so 
Um, it's a great book and um, I would definitely recommend that to whoever is listening as well. So legit, man, legit, man. That's all I got, bro. Uh, I would actually really appreciated <laughs> this conversation. It's a lot, man. It, it is. is a lot. It is a lot that is happening that we can eat always talk about for sure um but one one thing i always do is ask the guests to pray at the end so yeah Yeah. would you mind going ahead and uh for sure i will um god we just thank you for this time and this moment god we're thankful god that you are the god who sees and hears and knows all knows all lord we thank you god that you are uh, working behind the scenes, God, even when we can't see it, Lord Jesus. And so uh, we ask, God, in this moment that you just be present, God, uh, in our lives now and forevermore, Lord Jesus. I pray, God, for those who need comfort in this time, that you just give them comfort, God. Help us, God, to uh, reconcile ourselves, God, to one another, Lord Jesus, uh, just as much as we talk about reconciling to you, Lord Jesus. Uh, help us, God, to understand, God, that uh, without fully being reconciled to one another, God, we can't be proper reconciled to you, Lord Jesus. Help us, God, to uh, walk in true reconciliation, God, and to understand what it means to uh, repent, God, and to uh, uh, repair, God, and to give uh, a form of reparation, Lord Jesus, for uh, what has taken place, Lord Jesus. I pray, God, that you just begin to uh, expand our minds, Lord Jesus, and expand our own frameworks of how uh, we think about you, um, and how we think about your thoughts on uh, these matters, Lord Jesus. I pray, God, that you just help us, God, uh, those who are lost and who are hurting and who are burdened. I pray, God, that you help them, God, to see that you are uh, our greatest advocate, God, and that you are advocating for us in this time and season, Lord Jesus. God, you are close and near to the brokenhearted, God, and um, we ask, God, that you just continue to uh, do so, Lord Jesus. We place, God, our lives, this world, Lord Jesus, 2020 and all this craziness, God, and um, even like all of the uh, social issues that are present, God, in our world, uh, we place them, God, into your hands, and we ask, God, that you do what you will. We thank you and we praise you. This in your matchless name we pray. Amen. Thank you.